ready for the word of the Lord this morning? We got a very, very special treat for you. But first, I want to talk a little bit about these people, and then we're going to ask them up here. Uh, this young lady that's going to be speaking wrote an amazing book. It's called Encounters with God, How to Become One with the One Who Loves You. Her name's Dina Shoemaker. She just, just a week ago, she was at a speaking at a conference in Atlanta, Georgia, and she's going to be speaking to us this morning. Also, here about a month ago or so, she gave me a copy of her book. I read the, the copy that she gave to me. Then I said, oh my goodness, I need some more of these, Dina. She brought me another handful of books and I passed them out to the pastoral staff. Now, I had the pastors read them and the reports all came back. Pastor Rich, who's the dean of VSSM of our school, and he said, we need this to be a required reading for first year students. So it's an, it's an amazing book talking not only about her, her testimony, but her testimony and her walk with the Lord is becoming in that becoming one with the one and uh, the understanding of what that really means to be filled with the Holy Spirit and led by Holy Spirit. It's amazing. They're going to be for sale out there at a table for $15 each. It's a bargain. It's a great book. It's a great book. And somebody that we've known for a long time, little Addie Ross, has actually began crafting her own little business, and she's what, 14? 15. 15 years old, handcrafted, hand-built earrings that are like, what's the... Okay. Anyway, and she'll be, they will be for sale out there. The Ross family was with us for, I remember they committed, they said, we would like to serve with you guys for a year, and they stayed three years. Yes. And we released them, and it's an amazing, amazing family. And little Addie, is, she has had a struggle, a health struggle that she's been dealing with for, oh, a few years now. And it would be a blessing to bless her and buying some of those handcrafted earrings that she's made out there. So we would encourage you in that as well. Now, if I could get this amazing power couple, Craig and Dina Shoemaker, to come up here to the platform. Yes, and a valley welcome. an author and conference speaker in our midst this morning. I Settle down here just a second. Craig, I think we're too close. Yeah. Yeah, it's only been, what, three or four months, four, five, six months. I don't really know when we, when we first met, but it, these people are an incredible blessing. I just, they're a power couple for sure, and an incredible blessing that they've been. They, they, they've come, we've seen healings, we've had opportunity to pray together, I've stood back and watched them pray, and we've seen people healed. 
It's, it's awesome. It's amazing to have them, you know, to come in to, to join us. It's been, it's been wonderful. It's been incredible. And they are an amazing, I just think, I was just talking with them this morning in my office. That, like, they carry a humility that just absolutely, they are servants. They are servants. Just love their hearts, and you're going to, too. Um, one thing is depicted some in this book, but in, in, is in their testimony. I remember listening to, well, listening to a, a pastor preaching a message, and he said, before, when you, when you look at, at history and look at great men in the Bible, men and women in the Bible, and those that have achieved much, said, before you can be mightily used, you've been deeply bruised. It's like pretty amazing to think. But Jesus said, to those who overcome as I overcame, I will open the door for you to come in and dine with me. So, becoming one with the one who loves you. So, they've been through some stuff. But I would like Craig to speak for a few minutes. He's going to talk about, because in any successful ministry, there are two people involved when it's a married couple, and both of them go through stuff. So I'd like Craig to share for just a little bit and then pray over his wife as she gets ready to take the microphone and bring us a powerful message this morning. All right, thank you, Pastor. So we were talking earlier, and I said I could do 15 minutes real easy. He said 78, and she said three. So since we compromise and i've been married 40 years and i'm starting to clue so we're going to compromise we're going to do three so so but just real quickly i want to share with you just a little bit about, about three and a half years ago approximately uh dina got an incurable nerve disease after she broke her foot and it took a while to figure all this many doctors to figure out what was even going on in many months and so we realized we had our life set up. We were ready to go. We were heading into our late 50s, then into what our plan was gonna be. And uh, we'd worked hard all of our life. We thought, you know, we had it all planned out. And um, all of a sudden, over a few months, five or six months, we realized, okay, our whole life has changed. We were building our cabin, we put in an elevator. Uh, all the trips overseas are gone because we can't be on a plane very long at all. Um, you know, going to a restaurant, we have to get in there and put her foot up, um, or otherwise she can't sit with her feet down. So our whole life just changed, and it was, this was going to be our new life. And we were kind of getting used to it. You know, we went to clinics in Arkansas for 10 weeks. Uh, she was getting used to just being hooked up to electrical machine in bed with wires all over her every night to trying to calm the nerves, and this was going to be our life. And then a friend of hers said, hey, but also had some disease issues that she needed healing for, said, hey, there's this conference in a couple weeks in California, and it's, they pray for healing and all this sort of stuff. I might go over three minutes. But, and, and it was like, oh, no, we don't do that new age stuff. And we kind of, no, 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 these are Christian people. And you understand, we grew up in the church our whole life, Wednesday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night. Um, and we knew the Bible, we knew Jesus, and we heard of the Holy Spirit, but we didn't really understand all that. 
and uh, so we're learning but uh long story short after much checking it out and much information over those two weeks dina went there and real long story short in one prayer on day three was completely healed in an instant so which turned into a whole nother cycle because our life had changed to what we were going to get used to. Now it has changed again to what we we're going to get used to. And I'll let her share all that. But right now I just want to pray for her and, and just put a covering on this whole body that is here today and this whole church. And uh, dear Jesus, we just thank you right now for the opportunity for Dina to speak and share what you have for her. Thank you for what you've led us through and for what you're doing in our lives. Thank you for just letting me be a part of her ministry as we go together on our next journey. We just pray a covering right now over everybody in this room, over this property, and we just thank you for keeping all of the evil spirits away that might be here, that may want to come in here, because this is going to be a powerful day, Lord, for you. We just thank you for what you're going to speak through her as she leaves her notes at home, because you said, just let me tell you what to tell them. We just praise you, Lord, for that. We just thank you so much. In your precious name, amen. Amen. One more welcoming hand for Dina Shoemaker. Hey, <laughs> I have some friends out there, some friends who prayed for me last weekend when I spoke in Atlanta. Could you stand up if you prayed for me? <laughs> because I want to tell you the report of what happened last weekend. People were hit with the power of God and they encountered Jesus and there was healing. Yeah. And life-changing encounters with him. So thank you for those of you who partnered in ministry with me on that. Yeah. So today, as well as last weekend, the, the Holy Spirit said to go with no notes. So the first time of speaking in a conference, he said, go with no notes. Do you remember what it was like when you were a kid and they, you learned how to ride your bike? You know, and when dad let go of the bike, <laughs> you remember what that felt like? And then do you remember the first time you, you were riding your bike and you decided to try it without any, without hands on the handlebars? That's kind of what it felt like. Okay, God, here we go. <laughs> no notes, just you. But it didn't feel scary at all, and nor does it feel that way right now, because thank you, Jesus, I can hear your voice. Yeah. So Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would come, that I would hear only your voice. Come, Holy Spirit. So grateful that you're here right now. 
I ask that you would release the angels right now in this room. I thank you, Jesus, that you want to do healing in this room today. I thank you, Jesus, that healing's already begun in people right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you that you created us. You made us and you knit us together and you also heal us. So Jesus, I thank you for what you're doing right now in people's bodies right now. And I thank you for what you're doing in people's hearts right now. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. So Craig told you about how how I was healed of an incurable disease. That disease is the disease that's highest there is on the medical pain chart. And as a result of that, they call it the suicide disease. And the reason for that is because when you live in that much pain all the time, it's really hard to know that you have to keep on going the whole rest of your life and the disease is progressive. And and so it's supposed to get worse than what you're dealing with now. And so that's the place I was in. When in a moment, in an instant after a prayer, suddenly my feet felt like they were floppy and I started to walk away from that prayer and I thought to myself, oh, I wonder if God broke the dystrophy in my right ankle because the condition I had both uh, created dystrophy in, in the joints of whatever limb you have it in and also it created atrophy of the muscles and also it created a severe pain that felt like Somebody was pouring hot oil over my leg. And the more I walked throughout my day, um, the more burning pain I would have at night. So I had to hook up to a machine every night that would calm the nervous system every night. And then I had to hook up to a machine that um, uh, electrocuted me every day. And if I endured being electrocuted every day and did calf raises while I was being electrocuted, I could then walk with less pain throughout my day and then that night I may have a little less burning pain. I mean it was just like pain of the machine, pain of the disease, pain all day, pain all night. I didn't sleep well because of the pain and in a moment and in in an instant after a prayer my feet all of a sudden felt like they were floppy. I know right? And I didn't know what it meant. I didn't know what this floppy feeling was you know and I, and I thought oh I wonder if God broke the dystrophy in the ankle so I walked out of the church to find steps and there were no steps but I found just the curb going out to the parking lot and to test it out because before this I could not walk up and down steps and up and down um, a curb without going sideways because the dystrophy in my ankle held my ankle stiff and I didn't have the ability to bend it so in that moment after that prayer I walked straight off that curb. And then I turned around and walked straight back up it. And then went right back down it. And I was like, oh my goodness. I thought that's all that God did. And so I started to walk back into the church to tell my friends um, that God had broken the dystrophy in my ankle. And as I walked back in, then I was, I was realizing that no longer did the bottom of my foot hurt every time I stepped. And people, I was on high levels of nerve pain medicine, but every step was so painful and I didn't have the ability to stand longer than five minutes. So I couldn't 
do it, hardly anything, you know? I couldn't take, really take care of myself. I couldn't cook a meal. I couldn't do anything. But in that moment, God completely healed me. And I just here to tell you this, that that night when I, uh, Dr. Randy Clark asked me to give testimony, testimony up on stage, and I did that. I testified of my healing, and um, right before I started to, to give my testimony, both my feet started to tingle, and I didn't know what that meant. And so as a result of it, I know now that that was the enemy who was trying to steal my healing and give me fear, because my testimony wasn't very enthusiastic because I was beginning to be afraid that my symptoms were just changing. Um, but I had no understanding of that. Um, but it totally backfired on the enemy because I went to conference number two. I chased him across the country and flew from Florida or from California to Florida on a one-day notice and um, followed him to the next conference. Okay, this is so important to know. When I followed him to the next conference, my feet were tingling for three days straight, and they had sessions from 9 a.m. in the morning till 10 at night, and we worshiped in between, and um, my feet continued to tingle, but there was a place, um, ah, the most amazing thing happened. <laughs> um, it's so funny, because I didn't know this is where this talk was gonna go, but you know, listening. <laughs> Um, so three quarters of the way through this conference I remember being in a worship service and I said to the Holy Spirit you know I said I don't I don't care if this tingling ever goes away I just said Jesus I just want to do whatever you want me to do you see because every step was no longer painful every step I think Jesus and in between every step, I thank Jesus. <laughs> and I, I started moving into a new place, a place of constant thanksgiving and praise. I thanked Jesus, and then I praised him for being my healer. I thanked Jesus, and I praised him for being so good. I thanked Jesus, and then I praised him for being so loving. I thanked Jesus, and I praised him for being so kind. I thank Jesus and then I praise him for being so merciful. Do you see what I mean? And as I sat in that conference, I began to pray. In the middle of a worship service, I said, Jesus, I don't care if this tinkling ever goes out of my feet. And I can't believe I even said this to him. I said, I don't even care if these symptoms have to come back. I just said, Jesus, I wanna do whatever you want me to do for the rest of my life and then I said you know Jesus you know I don't really like myself that well anyway so I'd love it if you would just take all of me out of me and then I just asked so I asked him to come and fill me with himself to come and fill me and fill me and fill me I begged him and begged him and begged him to fill me with him and he did. I hear him say, tell him, Dina, tell him, Dina. Because it's kind of personal. 
but I'm gonna tell you what he did. All of a sudden, I went into a vision. I've never had one in my life. I didn't, I wasn't really taught that it was an, a possibility with God. But I felt like suddenly, like I, I stepped into a movie. And all of a sudden, Jesus was standing in front of me. And it was right before they walked him down the path to Golgotha. And so they had whipped his back so many times that. Um, I could see the lacerations going from one direction and then from the other direction. And I, his skin literally, to me, looked like hamburger meat. And I told him I was so sorry. And then, you know, I started to cry because I saw the pain he was in. And I knew that he did that for me. And he, he did it for us. And so then I saw them pick up that wooden beam, the top part of the cross, and it was rugged and rough and splintery. And then, and then, they, and then they set it on top of his back. And I went from crying to weeping. And I said, Jesus, I'm so sorry. And then I remember that he had to look upon our sin when he did that. And he had to look on my sin when he did that. And I said, Jesus, I am so sorry. You know, when he had to look on our sin, the Father could no longer look on him. And that's got to be the worst. So I began to just cry out loud in the middle of that worship service. And I remember being consciously aware of the fact that I was crying really loud, out loud, in the middle of a worship service. <clears throat> and as I sat there in that moment and told him how sorry I was, he said, Dina, first time I clearly heard the voice of God. He said, you were worth it. Mm. As every one of you sitting in here and everyone who will listen to this afterwards are worth it. We were worth what he went through, he says. I'm saying I am the creator of the heavens and the earth and I made the very people who nailed me to a cross I made the choice he says I made the choice to be the propitiation for our sins You know, he could have walked away. He could have walked away. If you read the scriptures, you'll find out they tried to throw him off a cliff. And I don't know how he did it. The, the word of God doesn't tell us. But he walked away from a mob of people that were trying to throw him off a cliff. 
There was another time they were going to stone him. Scripture doesn't tell us how he did it. But he walked through the crowd. And he could have walked through that crowd when they grabbed him and when they stripped him naked. And then when they put that royal robe on his shoulders and pressed a thorn of crown or a crown of thorns into his head and made him bleed and then put him on display in front of the Jewish people and blood to the Jewish people made you unclean he could have walked away but he chose not to he stayed Jesus we thank you Jesus we thank you you know he did that so that we could have full and complete communion with him. Because of what Adam and Eve did in the garden, we have the fall of mankind. Because of their sin choices, we no longer had the ability to commune with God. The people in the Old Testament experienced God, but they had God visit them. They had God uh, come to, to them and you know, manifest himself to them. But Jesus died so that the Holy Spirit could come and live inside of us. So that we can become one with him. You know, Jesus started saying to me, I kept hearing him say over and over again, he would say, oh no, I just had to pause a minute because he said, listen, Uh, he would say, I am in you, and you are in me. And I didn't know what that meant until I discovered the scriptures that talk about us being one with him. That he would reside inside of us, and we would reside in him, and he's seated at the right hand of the Father. Isn't that amazing? It's, it's not really fathomable in our natural minds. We have to have the eyes of our heart open to this, that there is a spiritual reality that we can live in that's called the kingdom of God. Yes, amen. We, we don't have to be living in this world. We actually get to be new creations. And I think I became a new creation when I asked Jesus to take all of me out of me and fill me up with him. You know, I, I, I questioned whether or not I was even saved before. Even though I walked down the long aisle, it felt like it was a really long aisle when I was six years old, and gave my heart to the Lord at a vacation Bible school, I, I questioned whether or not I was even saved before this experience and this encounter I just told you about. Because after that experience and that encounter, my hands then started to heat up whenever I would stand and worship or whenever I would pray. <sighs> yeah, sometimes my whole body would heat up when I would pray as the Holy Spirit was on me for somebody's healing. 
So the Lord started telling me, I am in you and you are in me and we are one. And he made it really, really clear to me when I was sitting in ministry school and all of us were praying and we were all praying to hear the sound of God and I encountered Jesus in another way. During that encounter, I saw the actually the Father God walk toward me in white, all dressed in white, a big long robe. This is after praying for about a half an hour in total silence, no worship music, just praying. The Father walked up to me dressed in white and he pressed into the front of me and he said, I am in you and you are in me. And then Jesus appeared in front of me and he walked around to the back side of me. <clears throat> the Father had taken my arms and lifted them out to the sides like this <laughs> and was holding my hands out to the side and Jesus came and took a hold of the Father's hands and he pressed into the back side of me and he said, I am in you and you are in me. And then the Holy Spirit came and he looked like an electrified wind and he swirled around our legs and he swirled all the way up through us and then we lifted up into the air into a dance. Oh, and I'm telling you what, I've never experienced anything like that. It was glorious. And then they set me down on the ground very gently and they said, we are in you. You are in us, and remember this, every time you pray for healing, you are one. You are one with us for that healing. And I'm telling you what, after I prayed for healing with that knowledge and that understanding that I was one with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, miracles started breaking out in the room. <laughs> yeah. Um, FYI, um, John 17, if you'll turn to that, if you happen to have that handy, I'll give you the scriptural reference for that. <clears throat> the reason why we have the ability to be one with him, not the same as him, but one with him in spirit, because God is spirit and he's put inside of us all spirit so that we can connect with him. So this is Jesus praying in John 17. And at this time, Jesus knew that he was going to be with the Father. He knew that he was going to be crucified, right? So you know what it's like when you get ready to go out of town and you have somebody come over and you tell them how to water your plants and how often they need to do it and you tell them how to feed your pets, you know what I mean? And you have somebody like lined up to pick up your mail or maybe you go to the post office and have your mail stop. You get like everything lined up when you're getting ready to go out of town. So here's Jesus. He knows he's getting ready to go and leave this earth. And the very last prayer that he prayed is recorded in John 17. And in this prayer, he was getting everything lined up. And here's what he said. So I'm in John 17, 16. He said, They are not of this world, just as I am not of this world. Sanctify them in your truth. Your word is truth. As you set, sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake I consecrate myself, that they may also be sanctified in truth. And in verse 20, he talks about us, every one of us sitting in this room today. He said, I do not ask for these only, 
so not just to his disciples that he had come to love. I don't ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. And very important words he went on to say, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Oh, oh, so the purpose for oneness is what? Yeah, so the world may know. When you get filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized in Him, the world will know. He's going to activate the gifts in you. And if you are willing, you're going to have the ability to partner with Him in this kingdom. There's so many of you who are already partnering in this room, already partnering in the kingdom. But I believe today that He has even more for you. Today I heard it, before we came here, I said, Lord, what do you want to do in this service? Because I don't want to do anything that's not of you. And he said, he, he, he made a new word up. He said, I want to do impar healing. And I was like, huh? <laughs> in other words, he was saying to me, I want to impart to them more of me and give them everything they need for this calling that they have on their lives. And he also wants to heal people. I'd like you to pay attention to your bodies. And if you feel whatever symptoms you have, go, would you just stand up and wave at us and let us know? <laughs> You're already feeling it? Praise God. He said he would do that. What? Can you come up here and tell me what symptoms you had? Well, about nine months ago, I had an off-road crash, and I broke my collarbone, but then I went down to the uh, optometrist, and he said that the back of my eye on my left eye had torn away, so my left eye is permanently, uh, has been permanently blurry. These are a new pair of glasses just had made, and uh, you're all blurry when I do this, and you're all very clear when I do that. So I've been asking the Lord to heal me so I can have great eyesight. And uh, I believe that um, the Lord has made me a sick free zone. And I'm tugging on that. I'm believing it. I'm healed from head to toe. Do you have difference in your symptoms right now? When Jesus said, I, uh, he healed the guy, and he says, I see men as trees, and he healed him again. But yeah. it's coming in. Is it your right eye? It's this eye. Yeah, can I, I just hear him to lay hands on. Yeah. We'll just say be healed in Jesus' name. I thank you for what you're doing here, Lord. I thank you, Jesus, for new eyesight. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. that better praise God yeah how much better um, 50% better just ask for more more Lord more Lord more Lord fill him up Lord with everything he needs more Lord more Lord 
<laughs> All right, so give us a report at the end, okay? So I've noticed that um, in praying for healing that people will sometimes receive immediately and sometimes it's four hours later, I'll get a phone call and it's like, oh my word, everything's gone. This is amazing, you know, right? <laughs> so, um, hey, John Bays, would you come up here just for a second? So John, um, welcome to the lower level of the church. John has been sitting in the balcony the entire time he's attending this church because every time, well, they came here because they needed a church that had a balcony because the, the music would set up brain seizures, right? <laughs> so tell it, just tell me why you're sitting down here today. Okay, I got healed six months ago. Thank you, Jesus. So, so tell me how many seizures you would have a day when it was, or yeah, how many seizures would you have a, during a day when it was stormy? Uh, sometimes up to 200. So on the first week that we came here, I met John and was asked to pray for him and all of us gathered around and we hope that God did something. But the next Saturday, um, I was just walking around my house and I got a word of knowledge and I f it feels often like a little bee sting to me on the top right side of my head. And I said, Lord, what is this about? And he said, I wanna heal brains. And I was like, oh, sweet, because I've been praying for an anointing to heal brains for like a year because once I started praying for people for healing, all of a sudden I have ALS in front of me, Louis Bottle's disease, Parkinson's disease, things, diseases where their brains are shutting down their bodies. And as a result of that, it was painful because I would feel the Father's love for them. I would hear that he wanted them healed, but I didn't seem to have enough to get them there or whatever it was. So I just went in crazy in search of God for more anointing to heal brains. So when, when the Lord said, I want to heal brains, I got really excited. He wanted to heal brains. And so I thought of ALS, Parkinson's, Louis bottles. And then I remembered, oh yeah, that's right. The Sunday before I prayed for John and he's got a brain deal because, um, tell us what happened to you. I got hit in the head with a uh, pole and it uh, had bleeding in the brain. Um, and so it caused me seizures. Uh, that was about uh, 11 years ago, and I've been healed for six months. Praise the Lord! <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it, it was because of this word of knowledge. The Lord said, I want to heal brains. So after praying for him, he went seizure free for the first time in 10 years and 10 months. And then uh, he called me about, uh, it was about eight days later, and he said, I, I'm having a seizure, will you, will you pray? You see, the, this is what the enemy tries to do. He was healed, the enemy tries to bring a symptom back on to make him think he didn't get what he got. So he calls me, and I have like no faith to pray over the phone. Because I literally feel the power of God well up in my body, and then I hear him say, release it, and then I feel the swoosh go out, and the healing virtue leaves. But I prayed, because he's in the middle of a seizure. And what happened? I came right out and was filled with the Holy Spirit. I had joy, and I felt so good. <laughs> so good. The seizure stops immediately. <laughs> right? <laughs> and then... 
I saw him at church Sunday and he was like saying, I haven't had seizures since. I'm like, oh, praise God. And then um, he called me about, I don't know, 10 days or so later. And he said, I'm having a seizure. Will you pray? Now this girl's got faith to pray over the phone. And I prayed and halfway through the seizure, the seizure stopped. And he hasn't had a seizure since. Praise Jesus. How long has that been? How long has that been? And how long's it been, Anna? She's our, our detail girl. February 2nd. Praise God. So the reason why John and his family are sitting downstairs and not up in the balcony today is they went to the John Foyt concert on Sunday. And John, what did you do there? I stood right in front of the... Uh, the this, the speaker, because they, uh, speakers give you seizures. And I uh, went up not as strong, and I came back stronger. Thank you. Oh, you want to say something about Yeah. I, I think I went through second grade, and I got a book last uh, week and it is so true you you guys have got to get this book thank you john thank you john <laughs> thanks this book um i don't need to promote or sell books but i just want to promote the message that's in the book this book when i started to write it i had no idea what i was going to write none the holy spirit just said to write I shouldn't say none. He, the year before, he had given me a list uh, of titles, subtitles that he wanted me to do. And I recall reading over the subtitles and thinking, um, well, I don't, you know, that, that, that looks really great, but I don't know how it comes together to be a book. And he said, that's because it's seven books. And, <laughs> and I, I'm not a writer. I have like empty journals sitting around all over my house because I never like to write. I just rather talk than write, you know. I'm like, what's the purpose of writing all this stuff down, you know? And it, but the Lord called me to write. So out of obedience, I did it. I, after going to ministry school for two years, when I drove home, I said, what do you want me to do next? He said, I want you to write that book. And he said, I want you to start with the last one first, the last one that he listed, um, how to become one with the one who loves you. And um, I came home and I started worshiping God. I fell in love with worship. I, I would sit for five to 10 hours um, last summer um, worshiping God because the presence of God was so sweet and so blissful and so delightful that and now that I'm empty nested you know I just didn't want to do anything else but worship so I'd wake up five six in the morning you know and before I knew it I was five seven hours into this thing I'd look at the clock it'd be noon I'm like yeah I should probably do something else so after doing that for quite a while I was laying on the floor just encountering his presence and encountering him and experiencing um, the visions that he brings and experiencing the direction that he brings and the bliss of his presence. And he said, I want you to get up and write right now. And I was like, okay. You know, most people, when they have like a revelation, they, they write a book because they have a big old revelation and they want to put it all in a book. And I didn't have that. I just got up, I opened up my laptop and I said, what do you want me to do? And he said, um, well, you could start with the, the title I gave you last year. And so I typed that at the top and then I said, okay, now what? And he said, step one, hmm, know that I am God. Step two, invite the present. Yeah. 
Step three, know that I love, <laughs> know that I love you. And I said, okay, I kind of think I know what you mean by number two, but I don't really know what you mean by number one and number three. And so as I began to write, he would just literally give me a scripture and he would say, look it up. And I'd go look it up and I'd start to write. And as I started to write about it, suddenly my thoughts would turn into a first person sentence. And suddenly I was writing a direct rhema word from the Lord. And right before um, it got went to the print, uh, the Holy Spirit said, go back through and put a box around every one of those things that I said. <laughs> so you'll find that in there. So it was absolutely an encounter with God just to write the book every single day. So, um, all right. What do you want next, Lord? I could talk to you for hours about what Jesus has done. I mean, I, I would love to be able to write once you get me going. Right? <laughs> right, Sandy? Like, I can't stop talking to you about what Jesus has done. Um, um, but I felt like he wanted me to tell you this. You know, mine is a life that was changed because I got filled with the Holy Spirit immediately after baptized with his love. And because I laid down my life, I think that's the key. I really was thinking about that this week. When we say, Jesus, take all of us, and Jesus, come and fill us up with you, with a motivation of doing whatever it is that he has called us to do, he will come. And when I was at ministry school, I can tell you this, people would flop their hands out in front of me and say, Dean, I need you to pray for me. I need what you have. And I'd be like, why? Just ask. Just ask. You know, Matthew 7, 11 says, he is a good, good father, and he loves to give good gifts to his children. It says, who of you, you know, because you're a part of the human race, you know, even though you're of, of an evil nature because of, you're because of the human, you know, part of the human race, who of you would ever give your son, you know, a stone if he asked for bread? You'd never do that. You'd give him the best of what, the best of what you have, right? Because you love him and you want to give him everything, right? That's, that's just what our father's like. But in the end of that verse, it says to those who ask, and so I've learned to ask. I'm like a little kid. And I'll tell you what, at ministry school, we had a different anointed international speaker every two to three days. And as they stood in front of us, I'd, say, I'd see the anointing on their life. And I'd say, God, can I have that? He's like, yeah, sure. Can I have it right now? Just like a little kid. Can I have it right now? And he'd say, yes. And because the Holy Spirit's really physical with me, my body would start to shake and I would know I was receiving what I had asked for. And then I started walking in that person in what that person was carrying. I am just amazed that God wants to equip his body in such a way that they will know, in such a way that others will know that he is in us and we are in him right okay real quick let me tell you a story about what happened when just hear him saying Dina tell him I'm like okay so I was I was at my daughter's house about a year a little over a year ago when she burst through the door of, of 
burst through the back door. She had her dog in her arms. She's a veterinarian. And so she has a stethoscope. She said, Mom, he has no pulse. He's gone. And I looked at that little bundle of fur that I love, and I was devastated. And then I looked at my daughter, whom I love even more, and I saw the devastation on her face. And I just said, oh, Jesus, help me. She, she put the dog on the floor and she said, Mom, will you pray? This happens to me all the time now. Now that I'm filled with the Holy Spirit and baptized with Him, people come to me and say, will you pray? And I'm like, whoa, you want me to pray for you want me to pray for this dog to be resurrected from the dead? I'm like, Jesus, you're going to have to help me on this one. She lays him on the floor, and I put my hand in the metal of his chest, and I could feel that he, he was gone. There was like no life, no breath in him. And both Kate and I love that little dog. So with tears running down my face, I just said, Jesus, help me. I said, Holy Spirit, come, tell me how to pray. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, command that heart to come back into order in the name of Jesus Christ. So I did it. And when I did that, I felt his chest raise. And then it dropped again. And I thought, did I just imagine that? <laughs> and, and then I said, okay, how else do I pray? And then he said, I want you to command that circulatory system to get back into order. So I did that in the name of Jesus Christ. Then he said, I want you, I want you to command the, the, the breath of life back into those lungs. So I did that. Every time I prayed one of those prayers, his chest would rise and then would sink again. But I continued to listen. I continued to pray the way he said to pray. And with each prayer, it was like I had heart paddle, or you know, those heart paddles that heart doctors put on somebody's chest. Chest would rise. So after a little bit though, I'd get two or three breaths with each prayer. Two or three breaths. I was getting two or three breaths. So this continued for 15 minutes. And at the end of 15 minutes, you have to know the answer to this story. Unbelievable. That dog kept right on breathing past three breaths. And I, I sat there and went, oh my goodness. The very spirit that raised Christ from the dead really does live inside of me because I cannot do that. He's alive and well, happy today. Thank you, Jesus, <laughs> because my daughter loves that dog. <laughs> oh my goodness, that dog goes everywhere with her. Oh my goodness. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I've seen cancer go. I've seen, who a woman with stage three pancreatic cancer. But I think the key, I really think the key is hearing his voice. Because every time I go to pray now, I say, Lord, how do I pray for this person? And I, I heard him say, um, she's supposed to live into her 90s. And when I got there, I said, well, she's, I asked her how old she was. She was in her 70s. But with stage three pancreatic cancer, at the most you have two years with all the surgeries that they do. And 
because I knew from the Lord, I heard a word of knowledge from the Lord that she's supposed to live into her 90s. When I prayed for her, I'm telling you what, it was like cement was rising up inside of me. And I said no to everything, because I knew then if, if this is the case, if it's the Lord's will for her to live into her 90s, then what's on her is not of God. And so when I prayed for her, I commanded that cancer to leave in the name of Jesus Christ. I commanded every cancer cell to die in the name of Jesus Christ. Of course, I asked the Holy Spirit, and I did everything He told me to do. And when we were done, I felt like she'd gotten what I had prayed for. And then a couple weeks later, she left to go to Seattle to have the surgery where they're going to take this mass out of her pancreas. And they took some other body parts out. They also punctured every, into every single one of her organs to see if the cancer had metastasized anywhere. And then she went home to recover from the 10-hour surgery. And then they went to the doctor. All of these things that were taken out of her body were sent off to the lab um, to get a report. And when they went to the doctor for their follow-up visit, I got the call from the two of them. I could tell they had just gotten in the car. They said, Dina, everything they took out of, my, out of her body wasn't cancerous. Wow, God. He does that. There was a day when I had absolutely no faith to pray for cancer. When people would come to me with littler things, I could pray, but when it was, came with cancer, I couldn't do it. But oh, how he's built my faith. I know Jesus is the healer. And it would take me hours to tell you what I've learned about healing. But I believe right now, even though this really hasn't been a sermon on healing, I believe he wants to do healing here in this room. I believe he's already started the process. Is there anybody in this room who feels a lack of symptoms right now? Just sovereignly, God has done that for you. All right, we're going to pray for it then. Because I know, I heard, I got a word of knowledge that he wants to heal people today. And then I also heard that he wants to fill you with more. So first we're going to pray for healing.